0: Listener Production. Please leave your message after the tone. Why am I jealous of my ex? I am so stressed all the time. How do I get into a routine? Is TikTok making me anxious? I think I'm being manipulated. Someone told me you could live with half a brain. This is Do You Fucking Mind? Mindset Hacks for a Badass Life. Hosted by me, Alexis Fernandez. Hello, my beautiful boobs, and welcome to today's episode. So today's episode, we are talking about missed opportunities and becoming okay with the shots you didn't take. Uh, I think all of us can relate to that in uh, in one point or another, so I thought I'd do an entire episode on that. Um, I have a very fun little brain fact. The brain fact is about, like, genetics and shit, so good times. We're going to go into that. But before I do that, I've got a few... um, things that I love that I want to share. So I've gone off the pet hates and I'm going into the the loves. So the first one is Lupin. If anyone's watching Lupin on Netflix, uh, amazing. If you're not, watch it. It's so, so good. It's a French series. It's all about like, like con artist vibes, amazing, very good. I have to always watch it twice because it's in French so you can watch it with subtitles or you can watch it dubbed And I watch it with Tyrone because we're both obsessed with it. And Tyrone's like, he hates reading subtitles, so he makes me watch it dubbed. And I hate dubbed. So I watch it dubbed and then I'll watch it again in French because I'm trying to like consolidate the French that I've lost from not living in France and just not going to France. Woe is me. So that's, you know, my little thing. And talking about languages actually, so put that aside, go watch Lupin, it's unbelievable. Putting that aside... If anyone is learning a language or wants to retain a language that they've already uh, learnt but they feel like they're losing it because they're not using it because language is like use it or lose it kind of thing like most things in your brain, the SBS podcasts are fucking unbelievable. So if you're not from Australia, SBS is a TV channel and it's literally like got the most languages offered on any channel in the world. It's unbelievable. And they have podcasts for the news, like Australian news, but read out in all these different languages. So I'm trying to retain my French knowledge. So I will listen to the news in French from the SBS French News podcast. So I listen to the Australian news, but in French. And you can do that with like Spanish, Italian, whatever, like Chinese, any language. It's so fucking amazing. And at least your passive knowledge of that language you can maintain it. So if if you're trying to maintain a language or even just be exposed to that language, go check out those fucking podcasts. They're so epic. Um, so that's what I've been doing and loving. Um, and also I was just talking to my producer about how much I love overlockers and sewing machines. Um, but that's probably for another day. Basically, I do sew. haven't for years, but I used to love sewing. I would sew myself an outfit. I'd buy fabric and then sew myself an outfit that day and wear it out that night. I used to love it so much. And my favourite thing to do was to go to, like, the fabric store in Surrey Hills, Vibes. Um, and it was, like, literally what got me through – well, what not what got me through, but one of the things that got me through, like, my my days of deepest despair of heartbreak, and I would just sew an overlock shit in my tiny, tiny shoebox of an apartment when I first moved to Sydney. So Illy Overlocker, Illy Sewing Machine. Let's move on. Let's talk about the brain fact. So the brain fact today is – I'm going to cover some of, not all because there's so many, some of the ways that you can inherit a genetic condition slash trait, okay? we'll going to talk about eye colours as well. It's very interesting. So we, let's talk about our genes, for example, and our chromosomes, okay, because the genes are in the chromosomes. We have 23 pairs of chromosomes, so 46, and they're as pairs. They're all pairs, 23 pairs, right? 22 are numbered. 1 to 22. And then you've got one pair of sex chromosomes, okay? And that's what's going to determine the sex of the baby. So we've got if you are a female, you you've got two X's, two X chromosomes, and if you're a male, you've got an X and a Y chromosome, okay? And when we talk about something I'm going to talk about something called sex-linked traits in a second, when you talk about something called sex-linked traits, you're referring to traits or character characteristics that are influenced by genes that are carried on the sex chromosomes. So the sex chromosomes are just that final pair, the 23rd pair, which is the sex chromosomes, the XX or the XY. Okay. Now, okay. Now, before I talk about some examples – Interestingly, males are more likely to be affected by sex linked traits or characteristics or disorders than females because males only get one copy of the X chromosome. females get two. so having with females having that second copy gives them a whole other chromosome with potentially no mutations that are you know if, if you've got a mutation that's not a dominant mutation and then you've got a healthy other X chromosome that non-dominant or recessive trait is not going to be expressed and you've got that back, it's like a backup X. So with a male, if there's a, a, some sort of a mutation on the X chromosome that would be expressed because it doesn't have a backup, then it will definitely be expressed in the male. So males are more likely to be affected by these sex-linked disorders and traits over females. Additionally, there are certain um, conditions or traits that only occur on the Y chromosome, Um, which, of course, can only be expressed in the male and it can only be passed down from, like, male to male and not mother to, like, not female to male, okay? Now, when I'm talking about female, male and all of this, I'm talking about gender assigned at birth, obviously. Okay, so let's go over the different names for how you can inherit a trait or condition. So sex-linked inheritance is some sort of trait or mutation that lies on either the X or the Y chromosome. And even though these genes determine sex, they also do code for a whole bunch of other traits as well. It's not just determining what the sex is. There's heaps of traits that lie on these chromosomes. First, we've got Y-linked inheritance. So these are traits that can only be passed down, like I said, from father to son, male to male, and it's impossible for a female to get these traits or these conditions as it only exists on the Y and the female never gets a copy of the Y. They just get a copy an uh, X copy from the mom and an X, X copy from the father. And an example of these Y-linked inheritance conditions is you've got something called Y-chromosome infertility. You've got a condition called webbed toes where there's like a web-like connection between the second and third toe specifically or hypertrichiosis of the ears, which is excessive growth of hair on the outside of the ears specifically. So there's really specific traits that only occur on the Y-chromosome. So that's an example of like a Y-linked trait. Then we've got something called X-linked traits. And this is things like red-green colour blindness, congenital night blindness, um, certain genes for like different kinds of problems with blood pressure. And in most of these cases of Y-linked traits, in most cases, the prevalence of a Y-linked trait is higher in males than it is in females and the reason for this is the idea of a recessive versus a dominant gene so this leads me to explain what recessive genes so a recessive gene is basically a non-dominant gene so you've got dominant or recessive and when you hear about things being expressed you hear about dominant or recessive and an allele is a di- it's like a different version of a gene so you'll hear about a dominant allele you'll hear about an a uh, um recessive allele so dominant a dominant allele will be expressed even if an individual only has one copy of that dominant gene so for example let's look at eye color brown is a dominant gene blue is a recessive gene so if you have Let's say your dad has brown eyes and both his parents had brown eyes. So he's got a, he's brown eyed and your mom has blue eyes and both her parents had blue eyes and you, they have a baby. The dominant gene is going to knock out the recessive gene. Well, not knock it out, but it's not gonna, It's going to over, it's going to be expressed over the recessive gene. So the child will have brown eyes. Okay. Um, then you've got something called co-dominant, which is both alleles are dominant. And the this expression would be in the example of blood groups. So if you've got someone with a, a one parent with blood group A and one parent with blood group B, they are co-dominant. So that baby will be born with AB. Okay, so they will both be expressed in a co-dominance expression of that allele or the alleles. Now a recessive gene, so that's dominant. Dominant basically is the stronger one and it will be expressed or be co-expressed. Now, a recessive gene can be expressed, obviously, if both copies of the gene are carried. So, like, if, if you know, the, what you're getting from the mum and what you're getting from the dad, if both of those copies carry this recessive allele. Okay, so back to the blue-eye, brown-eye example, blue being a recessive gene. If one blue-eyed parent and one brown-eyed parent have a baby, like I said, the brown is going to take over. However, if the blue-eyed parent, if both their parents had blue eyes, right? So let's say your mom's got blue eyes. Both her parents have blue eyes. Your dad's got brown eyes. But one parent had blue eyes, one parent had brown eyes, okay? The chance of the child having blue eyes is still only 50%, even though three out of the four grandparents had blue eyes, right? Because the dad is a carrier of a dominant. He's got one dominant, one recessive. But because he's got that recessive in him, which is the 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 blue, and the mum's got recessive recessive because two recessives are there it is possible for the recessive trait to then be exposed but you need the recessive trait on both sides if you've got recessive on one side and only dominant on one side the dominant trait will take over that's why if it's all brown on one side all blue on one side you're only going to get brown right but if there's some blue on one side and blue on the other side, then there's the opportunity of recessive being on both sides, hence the child can have uh, blue eyes. Now, if both parents have brown eyes, but each of their parents had one blue, one brown, so this is the case with myself and tyrone My dad's got blue eyes, my mum's got brown eyes. I've got brown eyes. Tyrone's got brown eyes, his mom's got blue eyes, his dad's got brown eyes, okay, so this is our situation. So we are both brown eyed. one parent has blue eyes off the grandparent one parent has brown, that child has a 25% chance, a one in four chance of having blue eyes and a three in four chance of having brown eyes, okay, because there's more dominant than recessive. So even though half the grandparents have blue eyes, half have brown, the likelihood of Tyrone and my child having blue eyes is one in four versus brown eyes, which is three in four. So that i find fucking fascinating the idea of dominant versus recessive so basically any recessive trait and there's heaps and heaps and heaps of recessive traits and not just on the xy chromosomes but on all the chromosomes there's recessive and dominant you need the recessive trait to exist on the parents on both parents copy in order for it to be expressed if there's a dominant and recessive and there's no recessive on the dominant side, bang, it's going to be the dominant that's going to be expressed in pretty much every case, almost every case. So that is some, a very limited insight into um, how you can inherit a genetic condition. I'm going to go more into different kinds of ways you can inherit genetic conditions, but that was just a little bit of an overview of the sex-linked traits and also dominant and recessive, which I think is very, very interesting. Okay, let's get straight into the topic of today's episode. So we're talking about missed opportunities and the shots that you didn't take. And basically, so you can spend your whole life thinking about a bad decision that you've made, you know, or the opportunity that you didn't take, or the mistakes that you made that led you to lose an opportunity, led you to lose a person, an experience, money, like a relationship, you can spend years thinking about the potential that was there and that you lost, and it can be really crippling. And the more you think about it, the more you can beat down on yourself, the more you get annoyed at yourself, and it makes you frustrated, it makes you upset, it can make you depressed, it can make you anxious, and you end up feeling not just unhappy with you know, the decisions that you've made, but it ends up making you feel unhappy with your overall life, Okay. And then you start to doubt your ability to choose the right thing. And then every time every time you are up against a decision that you have to make, you really doubt are you able to make the right one. And then you're always second-guessing yourself. Even once you've made the decision, you're always going back and forth thinking, did I make the right one? I've made these mistakes in the past. I don't know. I can never make a good mistake. I always make a mistake. Um, and so like that then leads you, you end up feeling like shit. And that feeling where you feel like shit because you can't be, you know, you can't know how to make a decision in the past because you can't move past the mistakes or the shots you didn't take in the past. That causes you to feel more of the same. That's where people, you know, doubt themselves a lot, start to live smaller and smaller and smaller because they're worried of making the same mistakes or make or having the same regrets of what they had in the past. Now, you can acknowledge a bad decision And I think it's really healthy. I think you should acknowledge bad decisions because that's where lessons are learned. Um, And that's where the best, best lessons are learned. The best lessons are learned through mistakes and through personal experience. But there's a difference between living your life in regret versus acknowledging a bad decision and learning from it. Okay. So what we're going to talk about today is how can we turn that around? How can we change that feeling so that we can feel confident in our decision-making again, so that we can really trust our intuition, so that we can really trust our instinct and to be able to move past the shots you didn't take. And instead of using that as like a thorn in your side, you use that as your power because you're able to be like, this is what I learned. And because of this, this is how I'm going to behave in the future. Instead of thinking, this has fucking ruined me. Now I can't trust myself. I can't trust my decision-making skills and I'm really stressed and I'm really anxious and I'm I'm, I'm living my life in regret. Okay? And I don't want you guys to be living your life in regret. It's not fucking worth it. Okay? But regret, I will talk about something about regret because it can be useful. So firstly... I want you to understand what it means to be able to trust your own decision because a lot of people say, how can I trust that I'm going to make the right decision after I've, you know, fucked up in the past and I made a stupid decision? How do I trust myself to make a decision, you know, again. And that's where people start looking for like solid things that are definitely going to be right. That's when you start making really conservative choices with your life, really conservative decisions. You only do something if it's a fucking sure thing. The same goes for relationships. You constantly want to be like, I need to know that this is the right one. And I need to know that it's locked in and I need them to propose now. And I need, I need evidence. I need evidence that this is the right decision. And so then you start living in this fear this fear-based reality, because you constantly need hard proof that it's going to be the right decision. Otherwise you're paralyzed and you can't make that decision for yourself. You can't take that leap. Okay. But first I want you to have a really clear understanding of what it means to trust and what it means to trust yourself. Because trust is believing something or going along with something without proof. Okay. If you need proof, then it's not trust. So if you're saying, how do I trust that this decision is right? I need evidence. I need evidence. That's not trust. Okay. The moment you doubt it and you need evidence to then to, you know, reaffirm that it's the right thing, that is not trust. Trust is where there's no proof or evidence. When you trust your partner, you're saying, I trust what you're telling me without evidence. Because if I need evidence, if I have to go through your phone, I don't trust you. If you think, oh, well, if you trust me, you'll let me look through your phone. Fuck off, you toxic cunt. If I'm asking to look through your phone, I'm blatantly saying I do not trust you. That is not a trust game. You've just exposed yourself, motherfucker. So trust is no evidence, and I'm choosing to believe you without evidence. So when it comes to yourself, you've got to say, when I trust my decision, I've got to trust what my feeling is around this without all the evidence. I've got to take a calculated guess. I've got to take a calculated, like make a calculated judgment based on what I've got and what I don't have, I have to go with my intuition and I have to trust myself without evidence, okay? So when it comes to making decisions in your future, understand that you don't need all the evidence. You don't need all the points. You have to understand that part of decision making in your future is a gamble and that is life. Don't think that, oh my God, it's a gamble so I can't make the decision because you're going to end up living very, very, very small and very, very, very sheltered and you're going to miss out on a lot of things in your life and you don't want to do that. So understand that most of the decisions that you make in your life, you're not going to have 100% of the answers and evidence there. You kind of have to jump blindly in a bunch of things and that is okay. So to trust yourself you know, to take risks time and time again in your life, that's a skill. And that you've got to build up on that skill. And the more you beat down yourself for mistakes in the past, the harder it's going to be to do that for yourself. Okay. So what I want to do is I want to give you five things to focus on every time you slip into a state where you feel like you are focusing on beating yourself up about something that you messed up on in the past or an opportunity that you missed. So like a shot that you didn't take and how to be genuinely at peace with that so that you can then move forward and feel that even if something like that were to happen again, or even if a mistake was to be made again, I wouldn't be in this like pit of like self-destruction. Firstly, I want you to ask yourself, when you look back on something that you regret or wish hadn't happened or something you didn't do, ask yourself, given what I knew in, at the time, did I make the wrong decision? Because hindsight is fucking great and all that shit, but you have to remind yourself of where you were before you had the benefit of hindsight. Sometimes we kid ourselves fucking around with this concept of regret when the only reason you regret something is because of the knowledge you gained after the fact. That's not really regret, right? Because regret has to be for something that if you, if you, Had the information at the time. And still, with that information, you went against what you thought was right. And then it didn't pan out how you wanted it to. That's something you regret because you think I fucking knew it at the time. I, I knew it and I wish I'd done it and I didn't. Or those people that say like their whole 20s are like, I want to live, like I want to be more adventurous. I want to do these things, but I can't, I can't. I'm scared that people would judge me. I can't take that risk. I can't, but I want to, I want to, I want to. So deep down you knew you wanted to do something. Then 10 years down the line you can look back and say, I regret not going and doing those things when I was 20. I regret it. And the reason you regret it is because when you were 20, you knew you wanted to do it and you still didn't do it. Regret, you can apply to things that you, where you went against what you felt was right at the time. You can't fall in love with someone and have this beautiful romantic thing and then it goes out and say, I regret falling in love with you. No, that doesn't work because at the time it was the right decision and you were going off what you knew was right. So reframe regret. And ask yourself, given what I knew at the time, did I really make the wrong decision? Because hindsight, it's good to learn, but it's really good to fuck yourself over as well. Hindsight fucks us over because we make ourselves think that we should have known better. How could you have known better if you haven't yet experienced that thing? So stop being so hard on yourself and stop using hindsight to fuck yourself in the ass. Just think... If I didn't know any better at the time, I'm done regretting that thing I am done because that's bullshit and I'm setting myself up to fail here. I'm only going to, and I'm going to tell you how to look at regret differently in a second, but I'm only going to regret the things where I went against what I knew was right for myself or like instinctively knew that I should do. The second thing to ask yourself or to focus on every time you're slipping into that state is to ask yourself, um, is it possible for other great opportunities and relationships to happen in my life. Sometimes we become really catastrophic when something falls apart and I get emails sent to me all the time, especially around relationships where people think, I just know that now that I've lost this relationship, I'm never going to get it again. And I think having that belief system around what you're capable of getting or what you're deserving of having as far as love and relationships and experiences, if you have a really closed off belief around that, it's very, very detrimental for your self-love and your self-esteem. So you have to try and expand your awareness and say, while that person may have been the love of my life at the time, and while that may have been what I thought was the dream job. For me, it is possible for other great opportunities and other great relationships and great loves to happen in my life and the best thing to to do when something like that crops up is to find examples either ones that you can provide for yourself or examples in other people you know there's so many examples of people who have gone through a horrible breakup or a horrible divorce, and then you see them. A year, two, five years later, in this relationship where they're thriving with a match for them that's such a great match. And you think, here's this person that was in the depths of their despair, thinking they'll never find love again. And here they are with a match that's infinitely better than the last one because they've, you know, they've grown, they've changed, and they've met someone that's like met them in the middle. And the same thing happens for career. The same thing happens for jobs. have for me. I thought acting was the be all, end all. And then when I gave it up, it was. What I thought was so painful at the time and then very soon after I realised, I'm like, now that I've pulled the cord on this officially, I actually feel relieved. Sometimes you cling on to things so much more than you need to because you think this was it for me. It's rarely it for you. We, the, I don't believe you only have one soulmate. Bullshit. Bullshit. What are the chances that in a world of 8 billion people, your soulmate lives in your town? Which just goes to show you that there's obviously a thousand other potential candidates that would be a great match for you. The same goes for lifestyle. The same goes for cities that you would enjoy living. The same goes for friends. The same goes for careers, for opportunities. There's options, okay? So every time you think, I've fucked it, never again, just say, there are a lot of fucking possibilities for me. I just have to open my eyes and be aware that while it might not be right here, right now, they exist, and I just need to broaden my awareness and my horizons a little bit. Okay. There is no one person or one job or one career or one passion or one home for everyone. Okay. It's always evolving and changing. If you're always growing and changing, then that would be the same for the possibilities for you. The possibilities for you are always going to be ever evolving and ever changing. The next thing I'm going to talk about regret. I want you to look at regret differently. So, like I said before, Regret is pointless if you're looking at it from the position of hindsight where you actually thought it was a great idea at the time and then it fell apart and then you're like, oh my God, because I'm heartbroken, I now regret dating that person in the first place. Like that's where it's not going to serve you. But how can you get regret to serve you? Because I think that every single emotion, maybe not every emotion, but a lot of emotions really work to serve you and they teach us a lot even the quote unquote negative emotions i think that there's a side a good and bad or you know a light and dark side to every emotion that we experience so regret you can learn a lot from when you feel regret over something where like you're like i i really wanted to do that thing and i didn't and now i'm looking down the lens of my past and i i just know that I fucking wish I didn't care what people said and I wish I fucking did that thing. I wish I didn't value money over experiences, whatever it is, okay? That can teach you a lot and that can serve you. It can show you that when presented with another opportunity again, now you are equipped with life experience. So instead of thinking, I'm now paralyzed, I'm an idiot, i will in regret, you can be like, I'm going to use that. I know what that feeling feels like. And I don't like the feeling of regret. I don't like the feeling of not listening to my inner self saying, I want this, I need this for my soul, it's going to be really good. And I know what it feels like to ignore it. And I'm not going to do that again. So I've learned. So regret can serve you to teach you how it feels like when you go against what you want versus when you do what what innately you believe is right for you. Regret also tells you what was in your control. Because you also can't regret something that was not in your control. I think a lot of the times we'll look at a situation and say, oh, I regret whatever it is, this job, this thing, this whatever, because I suffered with how it broke down or with how it ended up. But you can't regret something that you didn't take action in or make a decision in or, or control it. You can suck that you were in that thing. And yes, it is your responsibility to pull yourself out of that thing and make yourself feel better. But if you weren't the cause or of, of something, and if you weren't in control of that thing, you also can't regret it. So approach things differently when something wasn't in your control and kind of fell apart. You that's not something you can regret. You could say, "Oh, it would have been nice if that didn't happen." But you can't say I regret that happening if you didn't play a role in that thing happening and if you didn't go against yourself knowing what was right and what was wrong at the time. And regret of course makes you helps you make more informed decisions next time because you know what it feels like, okay? To reiterate, it's impossible to regret something that you could have done nothing about. So if you were misinformed about something and you made a decision because you were misled, then like I said, you can say, I wish I never did that thing, but you also can't really regret it because you were lied to, right? So the answer is not really to say, I regret that thing. The answer is to say, wow, that fucking sucks moving on okay like it's there's there unfair things are going to happen in your life and when something's unfair you don't have to regret that thing it just was unfair and it happened to you and regret happens when you're not sure of something and then you make a decision out of fear instead of out of like instinct a lot of the time you'll notice a very strong correlation to decisions based out of fear and regretting it okay because When we're fearful, we play it small, we're really protective, play it small, play it small, play it small. And all the things that like your heart desires are the things that you end up turning your back to because it's not the quote unquote safer option or you end up picking the devil that you know instead of the devil that you don't know, which is what most of us do a lot of the time in our life. So if you're here sitting in regret, use it wisely or don't bother. Because regret can serve you to teach you. But I want you to, once you regret something, you acknowledge it. I've learned this thing. I'm going to put this into practice. I'm going to put this lesson into practice. And then I'm moving on. Okay? Because to sit in regret forever is very detrimental. Very bad for your self-esteem. Very bad for your relationship with yourself. To acknowledge regret and be like, what lesson can I learn from this? And how am I going to honor myself by not making this same regret again? then you've learned something and regret has been very useful for you, okay? The next thing I want you to do is don't make movies in your head for what could have been, okay? Because everything is kind of a sliding doors moment in your life. And you'll find yourself in a position, let's say you didn't get that dream job that you were going for. You went for this dream job in this city on the other side of the world and it was between you and one other person and you nearly had it and then you did something that maybe it didn't work out or maybe you were in control of it fucking up and it didn't happen. So you didn't get that opportunity. You didn't move to the other side of the world. Now you're here and that opportunity is gone. And you're like, oh my God my god and then you start creating this movie in your head of what your life could have been like i could have been living in this city and this is what it would and you have this whole fucking thing set up for not just the next year but your whole life okay it's changed but you have to look at life as this every decision that you make the big and the small are sliding doors moments okay there's many specific decisions in your life that got you here today so I don't think that one big decision And only one decision will determine the trajectory of your life. Every single day, you make decisions that are determining the trajectory of your life. And you are moving that needle based on your behaviors every day. You're moving that needle to where you think you're going to go. And that needle could be going to where you want to be or to keeping you where you don't want to be. And that's based on these tiny behaviors that you take every single day. And that is a choice. Okay. But here we think, oh, was the one decision that would have determined my life. Yeah, Sure. But these little decisions that you're doing every single day are also determining where your life is headed. And you're also creating this idea of this whole movie in your head, but you only turned down the decision of, you know, like how you fucked up that one opportunity. But what's to say that there wasn't all these other potential things that could have gone right or wrong had you gone down that path? So stop making movies in your head of what you've missed out on because you don't know. So... That just keeps you in a place of, oh, I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't. Use that imagination and apply it to what you can do now, not what could have been. That's a waste of your imagination. And imagination is powerful. It's a very, very, very powerful tool. Don't waste your imagination on imagining what could have been, where you could be investing that energy of your imagination, which is fucking powerful to the brain, on what could be with what you have now. Okay? Okay redirect that tool, that energy. The next thing I want you to think about is that there is no no one thing for you in your life. You could look at all the missed opportunities and think, I've got less and less and less. Or you could look at the missed opportunities and think, that missed opportunity has put me in a position where I have all these other options that I would not have had had that thing worked out for me. Okay. So I think about this, you know, example and I apply it to my own life. And I wonder there are so many times in my life that if something had worked really well for me, my life as it is right now would be completely, completely different. I'm not saying it'd be, well, I don't think it'd be better because I love my life right now, but it could be or it could be a lot worse, or it could be equal amount of happiness, but just a completely different experience. So you've got to think that every single... Option creates new options and every single possibility in one area shuts down possibilities in another area. So if that thing had succeeded for you there, would you have the friends that you have now? Would you have, think of all the good in your life right now and maybe a whole bunch of those things wouldn't be the case. So you have to look at, because that thing shut down, I was then granted or awarded this life that I have now. What am I going to do with this life that I have now? Because there's a lot that you can be doing. But if you're always going to be stuck in the whole, oh, that's done, it's finished, it's done, not only are you shutting off all those opportunities but you're shutting off your current opportunities of things that you could be maximising right now, okay? Because if I look at, I remember my first heartbreak for example, I would make movies of like what my life would have been like had it not ended, and could I have done anything to stop the breakup from happening? Could I? Now I look back and I'm like, oh my god, thank fucking god! I want to. I should send all my exes flowers, being like, cheers, can't for dumping me, because I look at all these closed doors and all these ended. like versions of Alexis's life that could have been that didn't happen, these auditions where I made it to the final two and then didn't happen and then where I moved to, I nearly opened up a Pilates studio in Paris and it fell through because of an investor, right? So that's another opportunity that broke apart. All this shit that didn't happen for me, so many closed doors, so many like broken hearts that allowed me to have this life that I have now. Couldn't be happier couldn't be happier for all those closed doors. So many missed opportunities, so many things that nearly happened, but fucking shut, fucking door shut, didn't work out, or I I could have been better prepared and it would have gone differently and it didn't. And I wouldn't change it for the world because had that not broken down or not gone my way, this podcast, I wouldn't have done the podcast. I wouldn't have written books. I wouldn't have connected with my audience. I wouldn't be living a life that gives me so much emotional riches as it does now. So I want you to think stop thinking that that is just shut off opportunity it's it's shut that one opportunity but it's allowed more opportunity because if that thing succeeded there's so much more that you could be doing now that you couldn't have done you need to flip it around your how you perceive things in your life will determine how you experience things in your life every single day so you have to perceive these missed opportunities as a shut door and the allowance of all these other doors opening. Okay. I want you to broaden how you feel and find examples of people who have rebuilt themselves in adversity and, and rebuilt themselves in through pain and through being shut down and through failure. And you're going to realize that the more you seek out all these um, examples that People rebuilding themselves due to adversity and pain and whatever is the norm. It's not the exception. And when put under pressure, people are very good at rebuilding themselves. When you, are, when you have to, you do, okay? And what does this tell you? It means that we are innately reluctant for change. However, However, we're very, very, very capable of change because when we're forced to change, we do it quite well. And in many cases, you don't even have to wait to be forced to change. You can make that decision to change. You can be proactive about that change instead of waiting for that change to be forced upon you. But regardless, whether it's forced or whether it's a choice, we are very, very good at rebuilding ourselves. We just don't like it because we don't like being uncomfortable and our brain's always like pulling the brakes, being like, that's not safe. So it doesn't like it, but we're fucking good at it, okay, considering how much we avoid it. Okay, and then the last point I want you to f- to focus on is what good has come from this missed opportunity or from this not happening for me, whether it be relationship, career, whatever it was, not taking the opportunity on that thing, what good has happened from it? So it can't all be bad. It just can't. Even if you have to scrape the barrel for crumbs, there has to be something good that has come from it. And when you focus on the good, that good then expands and you think of other good things and then other good things before you know it, you're on a rampage of like, oh, fuck, there's all this good shit that came from it. But maybe you, you, you got more time with someone else because that thing didn't happen. Maybe you learned a valuable lesson that it was better delivered then instead of in 10 years' time. Like there's always some good. And it's like I, I was asked recently, do I believe that everything happens for a reason? And I don't, but I do believe that something can be gained from every situation, even the worst ones. Like when people say, like, I don't believe everything happens for a reason. I don't believe that there was a reason why someone got brutally murdered on a whim. That's fucked, right? So, but I do believe that something can be gained from every situation, even the worst ones. People can learn things. People can become resilient. People can you know, choose a different path in their life because of what they were exposed to, something can be gained. And there's a saying in Spanish, it's kind of like every cloud has a silver lining, but it's it's um no hay, no hay mal que por bien no venga, which means there's no bad where good doesn't come through. Um And my mum used to say it to me all the fucking time. Every time, like, I'd be sad or heartbroken, I'd call my mum having a meltdown. And she'd always say that saying in Spanish, always say Like in other words, like wait for the good to come through because something good is going to come out of this. And you can't say it right now, but it will. So every time you're having that moment where you're like, oh, I regret. I wish I didn't. I'm so, like you're just bummed. you All these missed opportunities, the shots you didn't take. I want you to think what good, what's the good that came through the bad and how can I maximise that? How can I really like grab onto that and and expand on that. Because sometimes you can look at that and thinking, well, I didn't do that thing, but I ended up being able to spend way more time with this person who I fucking love. Or I ended up being able to really create a bond with this family member or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Or I I picked up this hobby that I never would have. And now this hobby is like a fucking purpose of mine. Like whatever it is, but there's always going to be something good that can come from it. So There's a whole bunch of things that I've given you to think about in today's episode. Looking at regret differently, not making up movies in your head. There's no one life, one path, one opportunity. It's always ever evolving. There's always options. Um, Think of focusing on like what good came out of that thing. There's always going to be things that you can think of when you're in this headspace of truly becoming okay with the shots that you didn't take. And when you approach it in these ways that I've given you, you're going to learn to really be not only okay, but happy that things have unfolded the way they have unfolded because of where you are now, the lessons that you have now, the tools that you are equipped with now based on what you have learned, based on the regret, based on the good things and the bad things. And you'll be beyond okay with the shots you didn't take. You genuinely be like, I'm more empowered because of what has happened thus far. And I can make decisions based on my learnings that are going to really benefit me moving forward. So hopefully you found that helpful. Hopefully you can implement these things for yourself and use those tools to turn around how you feel about your missed opportunities and the shots you didn't take because it's just not worth it and it's not worth your time and your energy and your imagination to be investing it in something that you no longer can change. It's just not fucking worth it and you you deserve better than that. So I want you to put those tools into practice. Now, that is the episode of today. We're now going to go into our listener question. <laughs> <laughs> You have one unheard message. Hey, Alexis. Thank you for the amazing work you put into your podcast. I've gotten through some really hard times by listening to your words of advice and wisdom. And whenever I think of me becoming my higher self, best version of me, I think I just want to be like Alexis. That's so, that's adorable. You are so strong-minded, content with who you are, and just overall a ray of sunshine to all those around you. Thank you. Thank you. I've written to you before, but I know you must get a million questions a day, but I'm really hoping you can bring my question to the table and I hope that I can get some of your guidance. I'm struggling to let go of someone. I spent last year dating the most amazing person I've ever met in my 28 years. He is highly intelligent, culture-driven, loving, caring, the list goes on. He ticks 11 out of 10 boxes. Unfortunately, he was from abroad. I met him whilst he was finishing up backpacking here in Australia and about to take off for home. However, our paths crossed at a time where we decided to take a chance on love and he extended his visa to live in my city with me for an additional year. It truly was the best year of my life. We had an amazing city apartment, travelled internationally and spent so much time together enjoying life's wonders. I was learning his language and was planning to pack up shop and relocate in his country next June, which meant we were going to embark on eight months long distance before that could take place. In the interim, his family got so excited for us that they booked a ticket to Australia to visit us and will be here very soon. However, I noticed a shift in his behavior in the last few months as he started talking about wanting to pursue his master's in Spain and do another working holiday, rather than return back home to complete his studies, where eventually I would meet with him. All of a sudden, the relationship was over and he decided he wanted to keep living his life freely and could no longer commit. I was and still am incredibly devastated. We've gone no contact and I know I'll never hear from him again. As in his words, every moment in life paves a path in your journey like a brick and you continue to walk forward and not backwards on this brick road, which ultimately means that this is now a gracious memory and life goes on. But my life is at a standstill and I'm still hurting and struggling to let go of the th- thought of what could have been and how In today's dating world, it's just so hard to find your person. I'm so fearful that I would never find anyone that matches his drive, the love he showed me, and the passion we shared. I almost think it's because he's from the EU and his upbringing is different to the men that I have met or been involved with here in Australia. There was just so much passion. As he continues life with a smile, taking on the world, I sit here and think I'm just wasting away. I'm stuck in a bubble where all my friends are married and on to the next stage of life, and I'm just a girl from Sydney who's crying over a young backpacker who put themselves first. Oh, this is breaking my heart. There's no bad feelings apart from I wish he had communicated this sooner so we could have spoken about it rather than just dropping the bomb on me. I'm I'm sad he's still in my city and I won't meet the people that birthed such an amazing man. I'm sad thinking I'll never meet anyone that will match up to him or be better. I'm sad thinking that my way to escape this heartache is to maybe to pack up and move abroad to run from my problems. I understand a lot of it comes from self-love and I aspire to be more like you so I can see this too as a beautiful chapter in my life and just push forward. But I'm struggling to let go. I've had my fair share of heartaches. However, this heartbreak trumps them all. How do I reassure myself that life will be okay? Things will work out. There is someone better out there. And how do I fully let go of the feeling that, yes, it is over and we are likely to never reconnect ever again. I'm going crazy over how much of my mind he's occupying when I know that this is most likely already in the past for him. Thank you so much. Oh my God, I'm heartbroken thinking about this for you. And thank you for articulating that so fucking well. Um, It's okay. Firstly, I want you to realize that you're doing very well in how how peaceful you are about it and how loving you are towards him. And I do want to say that for a lot of people, when it comes to getting over a heartbreak, sometimes the amicable breakups take longer to get over because you don't have an anger or a, like a some strong, empowering negative emotion that helps you just over that like initial hump of like absolute heartbreak and devastation. So, when things end really peacefully and whatever, it's almost like it's so hard to make sense of it. It's so hard to be like, on top of the fact that it was such a good relationship, this person is still such a great person, and I've got nothing to hold on to to make me not like them. So it's, I feel like your feelings are almost like intensified in a way because you have like nothing bad to hold on to where you can be like, now I can focus on all the shit, and every time I think of the good, I can think of the bad, and then fuck you. It's not like that. So it's really just like eating away at you. I do, this is a bit biased what I'm going to say, but you mentioned that like you want to run away to another city and this is very biased because I've done the same thing, but I highly encourage you to consider doing that. And the reason I would encourage you to consider doing that or something equally as out there is because firstly, this concept of running away from something I think what we crave when we've been so heartbroken is we crave a new lease on life, right? We've so much of our life and our emotions and everything was so invested that when that gets ripped away from you, you're in a world of pain and it bleeds into every area of your life. You can't focus on work. You can't focus on a social interaction. You can't focus on fucking shit. So it's almost like you're craving this massive shakeup and as time goes on for some people, it's just the recovery process is really slow. And it was for me. And I feel like it's obviously the same for you. And it gets to that point where you're like, enough's enough, like something's got to give. So for me, I don't see it as a bad thing when someone quote unquote runs away. It's it's okay to be like, I need a shakeup in my life. I need to infuse my life with New experiences, brand new things. I need to show myself that I can provide that for myself. And it will be a massive lesson in self love, a massive lesson in what is out there in the world, apart from this beautiful relationship that's no longer my relationship. And it opens your eyes to so much. And when you have so much richness and new experiences and new people and new friends and new jobs, blah, 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 when you have that, the relationship that gave you so much, you still hold in your heart, but it becomes further away from you. It's still there. You still care about that person. You still live, you know, but it stops being a part of your present reality. It creates this distance between that was the old me. And now I'm doing all these things. That's kind of the new me. So you don't have to move abroad to make this happen. But if you are wanting to do that, i genuinely couldn't recommend it higher because there's going to be so much new that happens in your life and you want to basically when you're so heartbroken you basically want to evolve in a way that you are an evolved um you know wiser smarter emotionally more mature version of who you were so it gets to the point that no matter how much you can look back at that relationship and say like Yes, I loved it. Yes, all these things you can say, but now I've evolved beyond that. And it's not to say that that person is no longer a good match or whatever, because just because you're not together, but it's to say I've evolved, I've changed, my needs are now different, my wants are now different, What, who I relate to, what I like to do, where I've been, my history, my experience is now different, and I'm an evolved version of that. And when that happens, it becomes so much easier to let go of heartbreak because you have given yourself that so basically I'm saying fucking travel the world babe go get a you're 28 you can get (laughs) lol you can get the working holiday visa in Europe it's a one year working holiday visa you can get it for like France for the Netherlands you can get it up until you turn 21 so the up to like the year of being 30 so honestly do it if that's what you want. Especially you're like, I'm in, I'm a girlfriend, like all your friends are married and on to the next stage of the life. This is your fucking time to shine, babe. Go. Maybe not to the country that he's going to because you don't want to have that in the back of your mind. But go somewhere where you're like, this is fucking fresh. This is the new fucking me and I'm doing something for myself. Okay? Now, if you decide I'm not fucking going overseas, Alexis, you need to calm the fuck down. You don't have to do that. But still do. Use that as an analogy. You need to create things in your life, massive change. You want to shake shit up. If you live the exact same life with the exact same circumstances, and the only thing that changes is a partner leaving you, even if you like your life, you're going to fill a void. And that void is going to feel fucking big. And it's only ever going to get filled if you can replace it with something. However, if you start doing more for yourself and start changing how you do things, changing how you interact, picking up a new hobby, picking up this, picking up that, hopefully moving overseas, you know, doing all this like big changes, big changes, that void isn't there because the life is different. You've shaken things up. And it's not to say you can't return back to that life, but you return with fresh eyes, new perspective, new you. Okay. So if you're not going to go and travel the world while i like run away. Fucking you fucking do it. Right. But if you're not going to do that, just start to shake things up on your terms for you. What I don't recommend you do is sit there and have the world pass you by in your heartache, especially when you're comparing yourself to where your friends are at and where you're at. And that can be quite like confronting, especially when you're heartbroken. It's, quite, it's awful. And I know, I know the feeling. So that's my advice. Hundred percent, go for some big changes because this is a relationship where there's you can't be focusing on the bad. This guy obviously seems like a fucking legend, and when you start to go out of your comfort zone and experience these things, you're going to meet people on that wavelength. Not the same because you never want to date two people that are the same, but you'll be amazed at the people that you meet on you along your way on your journey, or when you come back, when you come back home and revisit home with fresh eyes, or when you, you know whatever it is that you choose to do to make that massive change, you will realize that you'll revisit things and people and situations with fresh eyes and you will be open to all these other people and all these other opportunities. But right now the focus shouldn't be on another person. It's 100% on you and how rich you can make your life with experiences that would be my advice to you so if you do go and travel the world can you fucking write to me because I'll be so pumped I'll be so fucking pumped if you take that working holiday visa in one of the countries in Europe it fucking it's game changer it'll change your life it changed my life I can't anyway I don't want to be here being like I Alexis forces people to go abroad but honestly kind of I kind of am and I don't hate that anyway thank you so much for writing in thank you for being so vulnerable and open that was amazing Guys, amazing. Love you all. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to do a shout out to my beans. I have beans in Buenos Aires, by the way. So hola, beans. Poroto. Poroto is bean in Spanish. So hola, poroto. Porotos in plural beans. Uh, Good times. That is all for today. Love you all so much. As always, remember, be kind to yourself. Be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. (laughs) Danke. Listener.